Hello and welcome to the More Confidence with Luna Gaia podcast. I'm your host, Lenaria Gaia, and here we talk all things body image, self-esteem, your thinking in your mind, how do you connect true to you in every part of who you are. I want you to know that all of you is welcome, so sit back and relax and listen to today's episode. Sending you love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 168 of the More Confidence with Luna Gaia podcast. I am your host, Luna Gaia, and what a ripper way to start 2024, huh? How's it going for you so far? Look, I, I've said this in previous podcasts. I always feel like in, with, with any new year, it doesn't really get going until February. I have found that and like by the time December kicks around, we're done. So really, January and February, January, actually December and January are the, like, they're just the, they're the buffers. They're the bookends of the year, I, I always say. I feel like there's a little bit of time lost in that space. So if you're feeling anything like me around that, chill out. You don't need to be super productive all the time. In fact, rest is productive. I want you to know that your rest is actually productive. If you have never joined me for my podcast before, hello, welcome. Really, for you and for everybody else who's tuning in on today's episode, this is the place that you can come to connect with your higher self, to let go of your inner dialogue that tells you that you're a piece of crap, that you are not enough, that you are unworthy, all those parts of you that tell you that you are lacking in some way, shape or form. This is the place for us to lovingly let them go so that you can become the confident, self-assured, you know, person that you want to be happy, free. I know that you want that and I want that for you too. And so today's a very special episode because over the last few weeks, you may have noticed if you've been, if you, if you tune in every single week to the new episodes, we've been talking about, you know, Christmas, getting through the holiday period, setting goals, doing reviews, all that kind of stuff. And coming up in 2024, I've got some really exciting podcasts to come bring to you. I'm really excited about this. It's a podcast series called How Did You Get So Lucky? And it's unpacking the myth that why people who have the life of their dreams aren't lucky at all right? They are working on that. And so today's not one of those episodes, but I just want to prime you for that because it's coming through. How'd you get so lucky? I'm going to be interviewing people who are living practically extraordinary lives. And I don't mean extraordinary from the point of view of like, you know, they're spending every day skydiving off off the world or, you know, like dedicated their life to charity, although that might be the case. I'm looking for people who had the courage to live the life of their dreams and who are going after it. They are doing things in their life. They're living a life what I would consider to be on their terms, right? They've figured out a way to create an income stream for themselves. They've gone after their dreams rather than being stuck in where they are. And so if that's you, I'd love to have you on my show, right? If you know of somebody who's like, they're like, they're living the life of their dreams. I want to hear about them. Then definitely get them in touch with me. But otherwise you get, you get to, get excited over the next few months. I'm going to be interviewing people in my local community because I have a lot of friends who happen to be living life on their terms, just like I am. And and I'm going to unpack that myth. I'll be also reaching out to people overseas and people lo- um, locally here in Australia via Zoom that are going to come on here and I'm going to interview them to find out what it is, what it is that makes somebody be able to have the courage to live a life on their terms. Because I think that that's what you want. 
I think that deep down what you really want is to be living a life that is more centered towards your heart's calling, your soul's calling, your higher self's calling, rather than that little voice in your head, which is what we're here to talk about here today, which is exactly why I'm bringing it up. Because as we move into this special season that's going to come up over the next little while, maybe dribs and drabs, you're going to, you're just going to start to see this different kind of theme that's going to come through on our episodes. So keep an eye out for that. And today I really want to talk into this little voice that we have inside of our heads because we all have one. I did hear once that some people don't have an internal narrative, like they can't hear stuff that's going on side inside in their head. And I, you know, they don't have chatter. They don't have thoughts in the same way that maybe I do. There are some people out there that have that. I've never met one of those people. For the most part, we have chatter. If not, we have just, you know, like visions, like we have, um, you know, thoughts that come in pictures or thoughts that come in sounds, that kind of vibe. For most of us, we have a stream of thoughts that are going through our head. And you might not be ever aware about the kind of thoughts that you're having right? And that will be one of the first steps that I'm going to help you to uncover here because that little voice inside of our head is, you know, it's it's usually not helpful when it's on, on autopilot. It's on kind of default. And that's what I teach you how to do in my courses. So if you come and hang out with me and claim your confidence level one or level two, we, are, we dive really deep into your thoughts, your beliefs, your fears, um, the way that you see yourself, your inner critic, judgment. We look at your boundaries, how you're communicating, who you want to be, what's your passion and purpose, and how do you have the courage to go after that? That's the whole package of level one and level two. So if you're curious about learning how to do this on a deeper level, be able to join me via Zoom, hang out with me at least once a week in level one, twice a week in level two, live, you get access to me and be able to ask me whatever questions you want there is a really beautiful opportunity right now for you to be able to go do that. So go check the links in my, in the, in the show notes, come hang out with me. It'd be an absolute honor to have you hang out with me and I can actually learn and get to know you and every week irrelevant to the level that you join me at because we have open platform Q and a, you get the opportunity to ask me questions directly and I can, if you're up for it, reply back and give you coaching advice. Like I can give you coaching and mentoring live on the calls. So you have access to me directly, which is pretty cool. So to be able to help you deal with that thoughts in your head that tells you that you're not enough, because that's what it so very often does, right? Happy New Year, by the way. <laughs> I know that we I know that it's kind of like our sec second episode here, but I'm wondering how your 2024 is coming out already. And yeah, wanting to know how you're doing. There is coaching available one-on-one. -on -one. If you really want to go deep dive, there is, I've got a few spots left right now. My coaching books close at the end of January. They're only open twice a year. So I've only got limited spots. There's a few spots left right now by application only. So if you are curious about that, please feel welcome to reach out to me, find me at all the bits, you know where to go, you know where to do the things. If you don't click the links, you'll find me soon enough. Go. <laughs> you'll find me soon enough. If you just Google me, if you, if you don't follow me on the socials already, there is a little voice in your head, in my head, in your head, in all of our heads. And that little voice, when it's left to autopilot, is negative, it's doubtful, it's harmful, it's hurtful, and it's run by fear, right? It's run by fear. It's what I would call the ego. It's the mind. And it rules our life, right? Like it, it generally consumes most people. 
And it's why we are unhappy. It makes you unhappy. It makes you unconfident. It makes you insecure. It makes you doubt yourself. Right about now, you're kind of sitting there thinking, going, why do I have this voice in my head that's making me all these things? It's miserable. Get rid of it. Yeah. I'm going to share with you throughout today's episode that getting rid of it is not particularly helpful. Why is it not particularly helpful? Because what it is, our mind, our ego, this little voice inside of our head is the most, you might want to write this down, it's the most immature, unevolved and unconscious part of us. It's kind of like a little kid, but it is part of us. So we can't reject ourselves into wholeness. We can't think that if we just deny this part of ourselves that it'll go away because it doesn't. Have you ever tried to ignore a toddler? What happens when you try to ignore a toddler? Generally, they chuck a freaking tantrum. And your mind is no different. When you try to ignore your mind, what ends up happening is that the voice gets louder, more insidious, more manipulative. It'll find any way that it can to get your attention. And hear me loud and clear here. This little voice inside of your head, your ego, your mind, your unconscious autopilot, its job is to keep you safe, not to make you happy. Okay? It's there to keep you safe. It's there for survival. It's a really clever mechanism that humans developed many, many millennia ago. Whenever we were first cruising around and we weren't at the top of the food chain, this part of us evolved so that we could survive, so that we could look at the past, analyze it, and maybe create systems and structures and stuff in the now that would help us not make the same mistakes. And then it was able to predict the future as a result of that as much as it possibly could, which is what your mind still does now. It goes forward into the future and makes up stories about what could happen, right? It's trying to solve problems all the time. It's looking into the past of how you could do things better. When I say it like that, it actually seems really quite helpful. And it is really quite helpful, except when it's in charge, (laughs) except when it's ruling the roost. Because when it's ruling the roost, it's like having a company that is run by somebody who is deathly afraid of everything, including change, especially change. Now, if that's the case, the ego, this mind, wants to keep its status quo, wants to keep everything as it is. It does not like change. Even if your current circumstances aren't how you want them to be, your ego would prefer things to stay the way that they are. Right? So even though it's the little voice inside of your head, it's actually a really big part of us, right? It is, as I said, this immature part of us that is really our conditioning and our programming. It is the part of us that has come from our childhood, even though it's also come from our childhood as humans, our humanity childhood, because it comes from our primal a long time ago. It's been created. It's this I character, me, mine. It's this little voice inside of your head that says, I need it this way. This is how it has to be. I'm scared. I'm afraid. You don't like me. I need you to like me. All of those thoughts. And and while that little character inside of ourselves is in charge, we will be unhappy, <laughs> right? Even if we think for a little while, like you have people who are like, cool, I'm just going to go get every, t- you know, satisfy the itch of my ego, of my mind, right? Most people don't think of it like that. They're just like, I just need to get everything that I want and then I'll be happy. That is the biggest myth that the ego ever tells us, that if we just get everything that we want, then we'll be happy. It does not work. Getting everything that you ever wanted will not make you happy. 
Look around us in society. How many celebrities, how many people do you look around in the world who seem to have everything? Maybe even closer to home. People who seem to have the great job, they have the great family, they have the great partner, they have a great body, they're in good shape, they have the health, they have the money, and they're fucking miserable. They're self-medicating, they're drinking themselves into stupors. And maybe even eventually having really poor mental health situations and ending their lives, then dying by suicide. So, you know, like, if getting everything we ever wanted actually works to happiness, then many more of us would be happy than we actually are. And we're not. And I'm not saying that we can't go after the things that we want or that it's not okay to go after great things and have cool stuff because it's fun. It's just that we have to understand that it's not the thing that is going to make us happy. We can do it for fun. We can do it because it's joyful to achieve things and to make things happen. It's fun. It's good. It's joyful, right? But when it becomes the center of our world, when we have to keep hustling, have you ever noticed that your mind is never satisfied? Never. It is maybe momentarily, right? Like it will be like, ha, yep, cool. Got the boyfriend tick. But then soon enough, that boyfriend annoys you. Soon enough, you think maybe there's a better boyfriend for you. Soon enough, you think that maybe that, you know, like, oh, my God, if he could just stop doing this one thing, then I would love him more. Or if he would start doing this one thing, then I'll be happy. We become perpetually unsatisfied. Even if one area of our life we seem to be temporarily satiated, all that ends up happening is that our mind kicks in once again and we become unhappy. Because the mind constantly wants. It's the nature of the mind. And when we understand that the nature of the mind is constantly wanting, it's constantly needing, it's constantly grasping for what it likes and pushing away what it doesn't like, it allows us to be able to get free from it when we realize that. You know, I was having a conversation with a client of mine fairly recently, and I know that she listens to the podcast, so of course I'm not going to out anybody here. And I trust that she's okay with hearing this this story that I'm about to 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 put back here. I, I trust it's okay. It's all anonymous, of course, is what it is. My clients never, you know, I would never share publicly or with anybody else actually, um, what my clients do and say. Only as per se, you know, in terms of it being completely anonymous and it's helpful to everybody. So if you are listening and you know that maybe this is you, hello, I love you. Thank you for inspiring parts of this episode. I appreciate you so very much. My client comes to me, comes to me and we have a conversation. I said to her, cool, I want you to go ahead and look at your thoughts. I want you to look at your thoughts over the next week or two in between our sessions. And I want you to observe what you're noticing the most, what comes through comes back to me and, and gives me a, a list of four things of, that her mind is constantly saying over and over again. But the biggest one is everything is, I'm going to say messed up. It's not the word that she used. I'm pretty sure that you can figure out what it would be. We don't need to have FUs in this conversation. But everything is messed up. Everything in my life is messed up. That was the thought that was on repeat in this particular person's mind, right? Everything is messed up. Everything is messed up. Now, Thoughts on repeat with emotions become our beliefs. So if we have a thought that's going on on repeat and there's an emotional charge with that thought, which it usually is, it becomes solidified into a belief. Now my client believes that everything in her life is messed up. 
What's really important to recognize here is that what we're doing is recognizing that thoughts are not fact. That the thought is, is something that our ego, our mind is doing. It's a little voice inside of our head. And our mind's job is to keep us safe, not make us happy. And its default is fear and drama and, you know, hard things. Its default is negativity, not because it's a jerk, but because it's trying to keep you safe. And it thinks if it finds everything that's wrong in your life and is able to fix everything that's, quote, wrong in your life, then you will be happy, right? Even though it doesn't particularly drive towards your happiness, that's not its job. It's just kind of like, okay, cool, then I'll be safe, right? Then I'll be safe. And then we then think, well, then I'll be happy, right? Then I'll be secure. Then I'll feel okay. Really, that's what it's driving towards. I want to feel okay. So when we have a belief that is is like this, everything is messed up. How do you think that feels? How do you, what kind of energy do you think that creates in yourself? Just go ahead. And this is what I did to her. What I, I worked with her on, I said, tell me, when you say everything is messed up, and I got her to repeat it back to me, and I'm going to ask you to do the same thing, how much possibility and movement do you have in your body right now? Do you feel like when everything is messed up, is there possibility? Is there hope? Is there movement? Is it an open kind of question? Or is there limitations around that? And I'm sure, you know, when I say everything is messed up, that feels really hopeless. feels like there's nothing I can do. It feels like there is no hope. And for her, what she came to the conclusion of, it feels like a stop sign. And when I say to you that thoughts are not fact, the next thing that we did here, as I said to you, okay, I said to her, and I would say the same thing to you with any of your beliefs, cool, everything is messed up. And I asked her, cool, tell me all the things, everything that's messed up. And I started taking some notes. And after two or three things, she couldn't come up with any more. And I was like, hang on, what about your kids? What about work? What about health? What about this? What about that? She's like, oh, no, that one's okay. That one could get messed up because of that one. But at the moment, it's okay. And I was like, what about this? She's like, well, that part's actually pretty good. I like that part. I'm like, cool. So when your mind says everything is messed up, is that true? Like, is everything messed up? She's like, oh, well, probably not everything. And as we continued talking and having the conversation, which happens in the coaching, right, what I ha- what she concluded is she's actually, most things are, are pretty good. It's just this one or two specific things in my life that are problematic, that's messed up. And we started driving deeper and deeper and deeper and came to the conclusion that, you know, this belief that she has, this thought on repeat with emotion, is making her feel like there are stop signs everywhere and it's making her see her entire world through the lens of it being messed up even when it's not it's like walking into a garden that is overgrown right there's weeds and stuff everywhere it hasn't been particularly taken care of but you walk into the garden and go oh my god this is awful everything is so bad here When you speak in that kind of language and when you let your mind go into that kind of default, how do you feel? How empowered are you to create change when everything is so bad? When you walk into your garden and go, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. How how motivated or inspired are you to create change? It's likely not very at all. In fact, you probably feel completely shut down. You feel small, you feel limited, and it feels really hard. 
you're not likely to be able to create any movement when you see the world through that lens, which is the automatic default of the little voice in your head. I talk way more about this in my courses, by the way, to be able to help you to unpack your thinking and your feeling. Um, and certainly in the one-on-one -on -one coaching that I have, we'll be able to go into great detail around this. You walk into your garden and you see that you are, you know, overgrown. Oh my God, this is the worst ever, right? We're going to call that catastrophizing, right? And that's that whole, everything is messed up. That's what that idea is. Now, in a lot of maybe spiritual development or personal development worlds, people would be like, you just have to think positively, right? You just have to see the silver lining, right? You just have to look for the good. And there's lots of great undertones in that kind of messaging. But when it's good vibes only, it lends you to walk into that overgrown garden and going, what weeds? There are no weeds. Oh my God, there's no weeds. Everything is just love and light. Everything is amazing that's what ends up happening. You're deluded. So we've got catastrophizing on one side, which is a delusion. And we've also got like romanticizing on the other side, which is a delusion. Either way, there's delusion there. The place that we want to get to in either way, that's your ego, by the way, we have a craving of like, I want it to be this way. So I'm going to pretend as though it is. Or we have an aversion to something that says, no, I don't like that. This sucks. It's awful. In either of those cases, how likely are you to do anything about the weeds? Well, in the catastrophic version, not at all because you feel completely disempowered. And in the romanticized version, the same thing runs true. You're not going to be able to do anything about it because you're not admitting that there's anything to do. You're ignoring the fact. You're deluded. So the middle ground here is not like some realism for a lot of people can can feel like um, pessimism. Like I'm just being realistic. It's like, cool. I don't want you to be realistic. I want you to see it as it is, right? This is about seeing things as they are. The mind will always, this little voice in your head will always go towards thinking negatively because it's doing that to keep you safe right? It's always going to lean towards this sucks or I'm going to pretend that it doesn't suck, right? When it comes to seeing things as they are, you walk into that garden and rather than denying that there are weeds or, oh my God, there's so many weeds. Everything here is weeds, right? Like she had said, everything is messed up. It's about going, cool, let's look at it practically. What is actually happening? What is the reality of the circumstances that we're in right now? there are weeds. Things are overgrown. We can see that. The garden is actually flourishing because there's an, you know, it wouldn't be overgrown if there wasn't any water and if there wasn't any good soil. If this was dead, we wouldn't have any of it. So it's overgrown. Yes. Do I have hands? Absolutely. Can I get or do I already have access to tools to help me to deal with this overgrown? Can I get support from other people to help me to deal with this overgrown? Do I have a garden? Yes, 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 yes. You have access to all these beautiful things. It's not about going, where? There's so many weeds that I can't deal with it. Or, oh my God, no weeds. It's about realistically, sweet, there are weeds and I have tools to do something about it. How lucky am I to have a garden that I can now get into and do something with? I have arms that I can solve the problem. That's what this is all about. This is about seeing reality as it is rather than going into 
our mind that will lives in the future or the past. That's what it does. It lives in craving or aversion. It lives in seeing things through the lens of a shit sandwich. So when I challenge my client, I'm like, is it everything? When we really look down to it, it's not everything. It's actually one specific thing. So what I've asked her to do is to is to help reprogram herself by correcting. We are correcting the language. It's not everything. That's that's not factual. When she has a belief and a thought on repeat that says that everything is messed up, it's actually not true. And that's what I want you to realize when I say thoughts are not fact. That's not a true thought. Some things are messed up for her right now. Actually, probably one thing specifically is messed up for her right now. But for everything else, for the most part, everything else is pretty good. But that disempowerment of everything is messed up makes her have a stop sign. But saying this particular thing is messed up and I'm doing something about it or I can do something about it or I've got support or I'm whatever, but everything else is going pretty good, that now creates movement and momentum. It allows you to actually do something about it. And it puts you in the driver's seat instead of your autopilot, your mind, the little voice in your head being the one that's in charge. So I want to give you kind of six steps on how to do this, how to do this for yourself, how to create this change for you. So the first step is to observe what you think on repeat, right? Now, that's not something you're going to do right now, but like you're going to do like maybe for the next two or three days, go ahead and observe what your mind does on repeat. What's it doing again and again and again? Pay attention. And maybe it's only going to take an hour. I think that they say that we have about 65,000 thoughts a day. And 90% of them are on repeat from the day before. The day before, the day before, the day before, the day before, the day before. So go back to your childhood, day before, day before, day before. You're having thoughts that you were having when you were a kid around I'm not enough or I'm, I don't belong or I'm not loved because they're the thoughts that we often create when we're a child because our parents can't give us the love that we need, right? The way that we might need it. The ego mind says, I'm afraid if people don't love me, I will die. That's literally what it thinks. And as a child, it's true. If we don't get the attention that we need from adults, we are likely to perish. So we have created that as a pattern in our minds and we continue to do it to this day. So we want to observe that pattern. What's actually happening? What is reality as it is inside of our minds? That's number step number one, observe your thoughts. Number two is I want you to be aware, like I did with her, of what's known as a universal quantifier. Right? Be aware of universal quantifiers. These are everything, nothing, always, never, all the time. How often in your language are you saying things like always, never? He never takes the rubbish out. Right? If he's done it once, it's not never. He very rarely takes the rubbish out. He doesn't often take the rubbish out. Instead of saying it always happens, I even, she said, I always have the same lunch. And I said, always? She said, always. And I said, what about on the weekend? She's like, yep, had the same lunch on the weekends. I'm like, cool. So have you done that your whole life? She's like, for the last two or three years. I'm like, so it's not always. I said, have you been out for lunch at all in the last two or three years? She said, yeah, of course I have. I said, so it's not always. Be careful of these things like always, never, um, all the time you know, everything. These are universal quantifiers that tends to put everything into the same bucket of belief when it's not actually true. So be mindful of that. The third one is I want you to challenge the assumption. The thoughts are not fact. I want you to challenge what you're saying there. 
So when you're saying that everything is messed up in the example of this client, what we're saying there is that everything is, but when we really dive down deep into it, it's not. Thoughts are not facts, so I want you to challenge the assumptions that your mind is making. Challenge it. Have a look into it and really ask yourself whether or not it is 100% factually true. You will find out that it is not. So number one, observe. Number two, look out for the never, always, you know, everything, all the time. Number three, challenge the assumptions that your mind is making about stuff because its default is negativity. You're going to do all of this with love like it's a kid. Number four, I want you to see reality act as it actually is. What is actually true? Just like in the garden, what is actually factual in that moment, right? So in this example, there is one area of her life that is particularly troublesome that she needs to resolve something in. But it's not everything, right? So some things were messed up in her life, but not all things, which now all of a sudden takes the pressure off all the things, right? So number four here is you want to find out what is actually true. There are weeds. I have tools. I can do something about it. Okay. Number five here um, is to correct the thought. You're going to keep having that thought and repeat, right? It's still going to come through. Everything is messed up. Everything is messed up. In the same way that you might lovingly with a child who keeps saying library, maybe you say library, the word is library right? There's an, another R in there. So maybe as a child, the, the kid keeps saying library, library, library. Mum, can we go to the library? Every time that kid says library, no matter how cute that is, we as the parent need to correct that and say, honey, it's library. And we're not going to scold them. Stop saying library. That's awful. Shut up. You can't do that, right? You never say that to a child, hopefully. You would say, honey, it's library. We've been through this before. It's library. So you get the thought, everything is messed up. We know that thought is incorrect. It's not factually true. So every single time she gets that thought of everything is messed up, she's going to correct it with love as if it's a child, with patience and love and compassion. She's going to say to this immature and, and unevolved part of us, honey, not everything is messed up. Only this particular thing is difficult right now. Going to keep correcting and correcting and correcting. This is how we are reprogramming the mind. Yep. And we want to repeat that. The final step here, six, is repeat that with love. You, you Treat yourself like you're a loving parent, right? And the kid's saying library instead of library. Do it with patience. Do it with love. Number one, observe what's happening in your mind. Number two, be aware of that always, nothing, never, all the time, everything. Number three, challenge the assumption because thoughts are not fact. Challenge what's going on there. Number four, find out what is actually true. What is the actual facts here? Not what your mind says, not what your emotions are, not the belief that I'm not good enough. What is actually true? Find that out within yourself. Number five, correct it. Once you know that it is not correct, library to library, reconnect, like retrain yourself. So every single time that thought comes up, you're going to correct that behavior. You're going to correct the thought that you're having because you know now it's not correct, right? And number six, you're going to keep doing it with love on repeat. The more that you do this, the more that your mind, that immature small part of us is going to be less inclined to move towards negativity and more inclined to, to, to lean towards what is actually correct. And you're being the loving guide for that. I'm so keen to know what you think of this. I'm so keen to know how 
this plays out in your life. And thank you to my beautiful client who inspired today's conversation, with particularly with the librarian library. It was excellent. So, you know, deep down, I just want you to be happier. And I know that this kind of conversation works. So tell me, send me an email through it, loveyourself at moreconfidence.com.au. Leave me a voice note here on Spotify or any other platform that you can come hang out. Let me know what you think about this because I'd love to hear from you. Of course, if you want to dive deeper into this and actually get some training and some proper education around what to do with this mind on a deeper level, on you know a more practical level, on one that's more than a half an hour podcast with me guiding you, why not consider joining Claim Your Confidence? Be that level one, be that level one and two, they come as a package. See where for you, could you be doing something different in 2024 where you learn to deal with your mind? Maybe it's one-on-one coaching that you're interested in. Maybe it's another course. Come along and hang out with me. You can go find out more information on my socials, on my website, all that kind of stuff. Or just connect to me directly. Send me a message. I'm so open to hearing from you and hearing what your thoughts are. I would love to spend some time with you more deeply, get to know you better and be able to help you to get more confident, more happier, freer from this crazy mind that tends to be in charge the whole time. I love you and I hope that you love you too. This is my intention for you. I want you to be happy, truly happy deep down, not the happiness of an insatiable mind, but the, but the true happiness that we feel deep within our being. I want this for you. Share this episode with somebody that maybe you think could, could use hearing it. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your loved ones. Share the episodes. Give it a rating. Put, you know, there's five-star rating, all that kind of stuff. That just helps promote this out to the world. That's all it is. It's not about fulfilling my ego. I love you. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you on our next episode. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. I hope you feel more confident, more self-assured and ready to go tackle the world's problems and maybe kick ass in some of your dreams. If you haven't already, I would love for you to like and subscribe, follow, and maybe leave a review so that other people know how to find this awesome podcast too. If you're wanting to sink your teeth into something even more juicy, my number one best-selling book, Perfectly Imperfect, Your Complete Guide to Loving Yourself and Loving Your Body, is now available on all good bookstore sites, both in print, digital, and I narrated it for Audible as well. If you think the coaching or maybe one of my courses is for you, why not head to www.moreconfidence.com.au and get in touch and see if we can talk. And of course, you can find me all across the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, which is where you're probably listening now, or maybe even here on the podcast platform. Sending you big love and wishing you a beautiful day.